boy, what was the, the original title was on Memory Alpha, uh, was The Answerer. Is that a word? Mm, it is if you put those letters together and say it. <laughs> <laughs> you can make it a word. Hi, I'm Paul. I'm Abby. And I'm Chelsea. And welcome to 3 to Beam Up. This week we are talking Season 3, Episode 12, The Empath. I, I'm very, I want to hear what you like about this one. I do as well. Although I honestly have a note that I'm like, that says I am like 10 to 15 minutes in and I know why this is one of Chelsea's favorite episodes. It has all of her weird shit in one place. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's a hundred percent true. But, but, and I think what you're confusing. I also have a note that says this is definitely a Chelsea episode and not an Abby episode. <laughs> Well, it's, it's not a Star Trek episode. It is a hundred percent. It is just the Menagerie rerun. So if you think that it's the like aliens the are basically the same. Uh, if I you will, think Menagerie is a Star Trek episode, then you think that this but is a Star the, Trek. But the aliens in the Menagerie have—I almost said—I almost pronounced it the way you do. Um, it, this the aliens in the Menagerie, yeah, like in upstate New York. Um, <laughs> the aliens in the Menagerie at least have a plan that they like give in the first, you know, bit, and there's at least that like a sense. through line. There's motivation, and I don't know. Maybe that's interesting. I hadn't thought about I'm, this one as a rewrite of the Menagerie, still, but I still don't know. I still don't know what the aliens' plan was. Yeah, no, they have a plan. It's just a stupid plan. Well, okay, their plan, and it's and I don't want to get there yet because okay. That's, okay. that's it's right. like a that's big fair. reveal that's at the end late. of the episode, right. and I don't right. even but know it's like very why they late. do it at the end. It's like, it's yeah, well, late. because at, I mean that's honestly their point. They're just like, look, we don't need to tell you. And honestly, if like less villains just said their plan, it would be a lot better for them. Well, but it's not. It's good for the villains, but it's not good for writing. Yeah, right. or the oh, audience. I, it's not good for the audience. I mean, I, I was oh, I so don't know. Bored. It's a mystery. It kept you in the episode. No, no it did not. I was so bored. Then. I didn't care. I was like, oh, this is this uh, is just torture porn, people. right? This is just an episode yeah. of torture porn. I really disagree. Um, you are confusing a low budget with quality of acting. With quality of character interaction, I thought they did good. I thought they did fairly good with a, a low budget here. Um, and yeah, no, I had nothing against the low budget. They had five dollars. They probably had five dollars. <laughs> I think the only thing from a budgetary standpoint, I would say the aliens' like costumes and their like garage door openers it was, were kind of weak. It was just weak. menagerie. Yeah, right. It was, it was just yeah, menagerie was, all yeah. over again. Definitely they, just, were they the same costumes? I'm pretty uh, sure. They were right, well, let's, close. let's start with the beginning because okay. I actually had to stop and make sure because I thought because we had just done the menagerie a few weeks ago. I had to stop and check to make sure that I hadn't put it on again because I, for some reason, thought that opening was like the exact same set with the bubble dome and the orange sky and the, the rocks they always use. Well, I mean, use. they use that they for use a, a lot set. of aliens. That is places. the same They set. do. <laughs> but I was actually like, I was um, like, could did I click the wrong one? I think one? that bubble dome, that I think that's been it's used before. Episodes. Yeah, it, is that the one with um, the companion? Did they use it in that? Probably. Um, they probably it used it for a lot of things. I thought of it might have been from the man trap, so I looked up that, Ooh. and it wasn't the man trap. Okay, that would have been a good guess too. Um, 
Yeah, I thought it was, but that was incorrect. Regardless. So, yeah, they're like, yeah, they're in this, like, they go to this, like, bubble house. And then, okay, then it's, like, the dusty insides, oh, which, like, again. They were like, this Are is... there space spiders? Because that is my yep. personal hell. That was the question I had. <laughs> um, and also, that's three months worth of dust? Also that, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, this no. place has been shut down for years. Years, or possibly years. decades. No, they're clearly confused because I regularly, like, have areas in my house I don't dust. And, like, you can see some dust, you know, but if you get something bad. three but months like, late. But it's not that bad. But you don't pick up something noticeable. off the table and go... <sighs> Yes. Yeah. You don't fall on the ground and make a dust, dust angel. Dust angel, yeah. <laughs> but I loved the dust angel. That that made I me did kind of like that effect. It did make me laugh. I thought I was it was like, pretty. Oh, that's fun. Well, and it, I don't know. It looked good, too. All right. So then the first question is, again, how often do they check out their research stations? So this one... Why um, are there only two people there? Good answer. There are good answers for this one, I think. Um, at least a little. I don't want to dwell on Science Corner here, right? Their star... It, hmm. They say the star's, like, in the Nova phase, um, which, like, estimating when a star will go Nova is not um, precise to, like, days, right? Well, yes. Or years. Uh, yes, that's true. Um, so it is. it does make sense. They were like, yeah, so this the star's getting old, essentially. Um, and so we put a research outpost here. I don't know why they wouldn't have just sent a ship to, like, stay there for a while if they want to study a Nova. They do that in later series, like Stellar Phenomena. Um, but then it does make sense that they're like, ooh, the star's progressing. Let's get those people out of there. Um, and that's your job, Enterprise, because you're closest, I guess. Right? So Yeah, but they also said that, like, six months ago they knew it was taking a turn. And then they just got out here, like, like now. And then, surprise, surprise, everyone's dead. And you're like, this literally happens all the time. Yeah. Like, check up on your people a little more often. I don't know. It's fun. They die, but and you're like, oh, it's obviously the Nova or something. I don't know. Maybe they stepped outside or whatever. Except well, then they're like immediately beamed out. Classic opening. Well, so and the um, it is a good opening, I think. But yeah, they also talk about they talk it's a about great many times. Um, <laughs> well, the opening it does build suspense. At least the opening until the credits. No, um, it is a beautiful and most perfect beginning of a mu- well, but from a science perfect episode, a science perspective too. They start talking about cosmic rays and stuff. And Scotty's like, oh, in the ship, like, that's going to be a problem. Um, it's like, well, it really shouldn't be if you spend so much time in space, buddy. Um, okay. Like, not, this is not, you should have shields and stuff. You should have some plating. Is it possible that these ones are just so much more extreme? But if that's the case, should, wouldn't it also hurt them on the planet? Well, the and Kirk is like, right? oh, don't worry. The atmosphere will save us. And it's like, well, no. Um, and the reason that like Mars doesn't have an atmosphere, and most many planets do not have an atmosphere, is that things like the solar wind and, and cosmic rays and stuff will t- strip away an atmosphere, right? It does not protect it. It's the magnetosphere that's important um, for a lot of these sorts of things. Um, I'm not sure how that would interact with cosmic rays, but I mean, I don't, I don't think either of them would be as... Yeah, cosmic rays are. Well, either way, apparently this planet has a great atmosphere. Yeah. it's um, apparently just like like super I don't dense. know, like a titanium block around like <laughs> unbreathable like the atmosphere. Um, no, of... it can't be. It can't be. I um, don't know. They're also but... are they wearing the Horda jumpsuits there? Oh, maybe. Probably. But I I don't think we need to dwell on the science corner because it is such the minimal part of this episode. It is. The the one matter. the one or two sentences that they talk about science in this episode that they get wrong are not <laughs> part of this episode. Um, so, but that's what that's the that's the whole science. So, well, it's fine. It's fine. They're wearing the heart of jumpsuits, and then they're gone. 
And then they like apparently have the footage from the research station, which I don't know how they got it if they're still in like space. Uh, what? Do they where where do they? Oh no, they watch it on the planet. That's still part of the intro. Yeah, that's before they get beamed away. Yeah. So okay. So there's cameras everywhere, as we know, on the Enterprise, at this research station, everywhere they go, there's cameras, and they record. I love that they. I love that they have a an AI that that edited down the the relevant information too. Right. It wouldn't just Mm -hmm. like it would be a tape, a running tape of like there would be six months of empty air. Um, not just like, oh, cool, the, these guys are gone. I guess uh, that's what well, you wanted to see, right? I th- oh. <laughs> also, the tape was um, sitting on the table because it collected dust. It was not in a computer where it presumably would have been to be written. So um, I'm not sure who was there sense. after the fact that took the tape out and put it on the table. But Well, who Someone knows? Did. It makes perfect sense, I think. I think it that these are things we should beautiful. not dwell on. <laughs> All right, so matter. you can tell the budget is like $5 because they immediately get beamed into a place where there is no set, only a black, a black room, box no I, Yeah, I, You know what? <laughs> it actually, this reminds box. me a lot of... It really is, Abby. This reminds me of an episode of uh, TNG, Casino Royale, right? Um, that is the exact same beam down, right? They beam down to a black box theater and then they walk up to a single a door, right? And then they go into it and it's the, the casino. Um, but it reminds me a lot of that. And I don't mind that as a setup for Trek. Right of like, oh, we're in a strange place. Um, no, it's no fine. I loved it. I think it's beautiful. I think it's yeah. more interesting again, I think than having a set. Again, I think they're doing a lot with this budget. Uh, yeah, we're all in agreement that this is so far the best episode ever written. Okay, oh, no. now <laughs> they're also there, the, and they get um, to this like weird steel framed like lounge couch with <laughs> yeah. like that red cushion. And Abby, did you read about also in Memory Alpha what that was? Yeah, I did not. Do you want to say no? Oh, okay. It's apparently the agonizer booths that they remade from Mirror Mirror. Yeah, I think it was something else too. It was something like in Spock's brain too. Oh, yeah, they like huh. like took apart other props and then mm-hmm. made like these props. And I was like, that is exactly what this episode looks like. <laughs> like yeah. they just took apart other yeah. props and made this one. I will say, I thought Jem's beautiful dress was not only lovely, purple and blue with all those like pretty pretty little gems in her makeup and everything, but it like it, it's another example of the costume designers in TOS not only working with like apparently the smallest budget ever created, but also like bringing through the character traits of the creature through the clothes, right? So many of those women in Star Trek are in these sexually explicit outfits. But she's in this, I think, purposefully childlike outfit. I don't know if she's meant to be a child in her Boy. species or if she's meant Good to just question. be, yeah, this, like, person the in only, it. The only issue I had, if we're in costume corner, the only issue I had with that costume is the fact that she has this, like, over tunic, yeah. but her shiny belt is under the over tunic, yeah. which makes no sense. She has because her necklace is above, and like you can see it, and I'm assuming that's why McCoy decides to name her what he does. But like she has a belt on, you can see the belt, but it is underneath the over tunic, and I'm just like, why though? But why? So I figure it must be have like the assumption is it's either completely decorative, or maybe it's like an under thing, or maybe it holds up like the bodysuit she's wearing. No, it doesn't. That bodysuit is lycra. It is. Oh, I mean, I know that, but maybe no. I know. I agree with you, Abby. But maybe that's the implication. No, it's not. It is somebody didn't think through. No, it's somebody didn't think through. Yeah. 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I think her costume's really well thought out. In general, it is fine, yeah. but they did not need to have a shiny belt if it is going to be under the tunic. Like, it is fine if they okay. have, because they have the shiny necklace. You don't need the weird belt that is that you can't see. But that's not my point. My point is that she's dressed like a child. She's she's shoeless. She's wearing these like she has a shoe. tights. She has shoes. You just can't. I, I saw it at one point because she has flats on that match the color of the, the unitard because I saw it almost come off of her foot at one point because I also thought she didn't have shoes on, but she does. I have questions about that choice. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. They're running but through she, a landscape, yeah. right? She, yeah. yeah, okay, all right, yeah. Well, but I thought that was meant to underscore her innocence, right? Like, she's so, such a darling, she wouldn't even, like, be expected to go outside. She's like She was like a little kid, like, abducted from, like, a house where she wasn't even wearing shoes. Well, and I think this is one of these, like, tricky parts of this episode of, like, it's so open to interpretation because it is so vague. Um, and this question of like what her age is, if you said, yeah, she's supposed to be six, we'd be like, yeah, I guess so. And if I said, yeah, she's supposed to be 190, we'd be like, yeah, I guess so. Like both of those are valid interpretations of this because they give you so little um, to work with. They're, this, this is like, yeah, they're just giving you so little. I mean, I'm sure there were reasons she was selected. I would have been interested in what those well, reasons are. Well, she has a are. very expressive face. Like, her face is very, like, and her movements are very fluid. Like, yeah. I oh, thought oh, she no, was... I'm not talking about the actress. The oh. actress is great. A hundred percent. She, well, I mean, some of it's over the top, but I don't, I, I don't even care. I think it's I great. mean. I, she's, for what she has and what her stage directions sure. clearly were, I think that, that she is doing the best she can with yeah. what she has. But, um, but at why she, like, Jem, the character was selected, I'm sure there's reasons, too. They're just not explaining them. I'm not totally sure we need them, but I am curious too, Paul. Yeah, maybe she's like, you know, the daughter, or maybe she's the leader, right, of the culture. Maybe she's like the spiritual high person of the culture. Maybe she's but just a random know. dude. I don't know. Well, yeah, and the aliens, we yeah. I don't th- yeah. <laughs> um, I think they have a reason. They're smart people. No, smart. well, this one, this, I don't, we'll come back to it, but um, from a, writing standpoint i'm not sure um no it's the most best episode ever created okay so we meet jem and bones has one of his best lines of all time which is also one of the gfs gifs if you will that i send out a lot which is i don't know about you but i'm gonna call her jem i love that line i think it's Why? just great because i think it's so charming because spock's all like oh i think it's paternalistic and terrible but okay yeah. nah <laughs> you need a name for it it humanizes a creature they're gonna just keep referring to to her as like a thing essentially as soon as you name something it's more like a person yeah but names he's, are important he's giving a name in the classic like ownership sense she she can't speak and we we could go into a science corner on that but, like, that does not mean she is a lingual. Like, she could... Why not, like, give her a piece of paper and be like, hey, can you write? I mean, you should be like, hi, my name is Susan. Um, why are you calling me Jem, you idiot? Like... Yeah, and then the... My thing is, and then the aliens also call her Jem later. And I'm just like, yeah. surely okay, they would weird. know her name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that so, is weird. 
But it's like... But, well, unless they're just like, they're trying to communicate the structure. Uh, Paul, I don't think we have any indication that in this century they have paper. So it would make more sense if they're going to hand her over something to hand her like a pad or something. But I don't know why she'd be able to write in English unless it has like some sort of matrix in it that could like instantly translate the written word into English. Like, they still try to like talk to her translator. even after it's clear. Like they still try to communicate with her. And there are there were scenes where like the words that Kirk or Spock or McQuay are saying seem to get to her in conversation. Um, so, or is that just her like whatever somewhat telepathic ability she can like pick up on the thoughts and feelings, and so she's she's getting an idea of what's going on even though she can't understand the words. Well, so let's 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 talk a bit then because the first scene there, right? Where is my notes on that? Um, because McCoy says, "Boy, I have notes on this one. I'm not even I, I'm not going to say these notes, but." Um, Boy, McCoy just says, like, a whole bunch of things and then says, yeah, that makes her an empath, I guess. And, like, the things... He does not connect that in the slightest. And even in Star Trek canon, like, it's so far off the mark of the things he lays out there. Um, like, I... Yeah, but it's the first one. Like, it's like a lot of the Star Trek things. Like, they don't have it accurately No, but yet. even they talk about, no, um, but... like, going back to... Um, Mitchell and Elizabeth, like, they don't use um, empath there. They use, um, or do they? I forget what they use there. But they use very no. similar wordings. Um, even in this this era of sci-fi, though, like, that's, they're just kind of using words, I don't know. I, I don't think this maps to what would this would map to. No, I agree with you. But also, like, the actor, DeForest Kelly, doesn't isn't even familiar with some of sure. this stuff, right? He pronounces, like, vestigial wrong. Yeah, I think I think telepath is <laughs> kind of what they want to be saying here, maybe. like I think they want to be saying, like, telepath with, like, um, like Deanna Troy, like, empathic, like, like qualities. Like, she feels well, but, what other but, people th- feel. Yeah, but in, like, Deanna Troy is just a, a weak telepath right and that's what they talk about like, like that comes up a lot in tng that like there are um other members of her species that like have stronger powers there right well luxana does yeah yeah because luxana um, because because deanna's half true. human yeah. so she doesn't have the full range of powers where luxana does yeah and so, so yeah she just has this like weaker diluted form of this which just means she could pick up on emotions and things of that sort and again it's a weird it's one of those where, like, I'm almost half happy that they don't try to explain it, except for this one throwaway McCoy line, which, again, I think you just write that out and then it's cleaner. Um, that The fact that they don't even try to explain this in the slightest in a scientific manner um, is maybe better. Um, I agree. Because then you don't dwell on it, but... You get an idea of her range of powers, right? She can't, She has, like... Like, she can, like, feel, like, the emotions of others. She can, like, uh, I, I don't people. think they... So, I think that's the trick, right? I think because we're using the word empath there, then we want to say she could feel the emotions of others. There is nothing in this episode that she can feel the emotions of others. Oh, I 100... 50,000% disagree. No. She, with Spock specifically, there's a scene in there. You are just, you are factually wrong, friend. Factually it's wrong. It's because they say empath, but she can't talk. She can't tell you what she's feeling. And they never, they never pull emotion. She's pulling pain, right? If you say pain is an emotion. Um, yeah, but... I know the scene you're talking about, Chelsea, but it, it doesn't mean that she's feeling what Spock is feeling. I think it's more that she can read what Spock is feeling. 
Like that's kind of the the what I, I think get it, from she's that. Ra- and, and they use that word on purpose. I think she, it's meant to assume that she can feel the feelings of yeah, others. Yeah, but it's just telling, like, not showing. Like they do. It's it's the whole. It's telling. It's telling and not showing. And I, I don't, I don't think, think so. They I do think a with what that actress has, that she is doing a great job of showing it. I think it's super clear. She's feeling Spock's emotions. She's feeling Bones's emotions, and she's feeling Kirk's emotions. There's all, like three different scenes of it. But at the same where time, she like looks at them and cries, or like she cries when Bones gets taken away. But at the same time, that does not make like that does not make a an empath. Like if if you're telling me something sad about your life and I feel sad about that, or like you tell me something happy and I feel happy, that's the same thing you're describing here, right? Like. We humans have a capacity That's for literally that. empathy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't make her then different than humans here. Like it doesn't make it worthy of. I, the I'm title. not claiming that. Okay. I don't know. Uh, well, d- yeah. So they're tr- the, maybe they need another title. Yeah, that doesn't make. Well, her and not, she, I don't think she's supposed to have telepathic abilities. They go out of their way several times to say she doesn't have like the ability to read thoughts or to send thoughts. Well, so, so I her, think it's about feelings and it's about like physical pain. I think it's the physical pain, right? She has like at least the human capacity to understand that others are going through emotion and feel it, right? Empathy. Um, but not in a supernatural way. She does have the power, very clearly shown in the episode, to like, if someone cuts their arm and she touches it, to transfer that wound to herself and then heal it. Um, which is, right, that's the, the clear power she has, which is pretty powerful um, yeah. as far as it goes. Um, and I, I don't think, I mean, that comes up other places, but I don't think we have a good word for what that is, which is the struggle of this episode. Okay, so you like don't like the word empath? Fine. <laughs> no, I, I think it's, to, it's like... kind of the best word. And again, it's the title, so I don't mind it. But it's just it it sends mixed messages. They needed a title, though, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, if we even can come up with a suggestion. <laughs> Although the original title, that's right, it was on. Um, boy, what was the, the original title? Was on Memory Alpha. Uh, was the Answerer? Is that a word? Mm, it is if you. Put those letters together and say it. <laughs> <laughs> Can make it a word. I don't understand English. Okay, well, let's... Can we go back to the aliens? Because I think we're in the scene where the aliens comes. And is, Abby, is it the same costumes? Because I couldn't tell. I don't really it's, know. Are they reused? Like it's like not it. worth dwelling I, it, on. I, it's not. It really... It's close enough. And honestly... I love those Whatever. aliens. Okay, well, so, I was pleased to give back sparkly black capes either way. Why does Kirk talk about the Prime Directive here? He says it like, he doesn't get to finish his thought, but he says like, hey, wait, the Prime Directive! And then they freeze him. Yeah, there's no reason. Like, no. I enjoy that there are two separate lines. They, they put their phasers on stun, and then when they meet, they sure do. When they meet the empath, they're like, we're not going to hurt you as he, as points, he a points a phaser at her. <laughs> and then when the aliens get up, get there, he's like, we come in peace as he points a points phaser, the phaser at them. <laughs> I'm just like, what is your deal? You are the worst diplomat ever, Kirk. He's really bad in this episode of Diplomacy. Oh. I completely agree with you. I do like the um, Vian's guns, weapons, buttons. They I don't know, know what, what they, they are. Garage door they're openers. terrible. They're terrible. Yes, they do. They're campy. No, I like them in the kitschy yeah. sense. I like, they're, they're not, not, I don't like kitschy? them. They're okay. not good. I like, kitschy. I like that. I like, yeah, the campiness of them. <laughs> this is classic campy. Like, I am from New York. How do you say it again, Abby? It's kitschy. Yeah, I'm with Abby it's on that kitschy. one. It's kitschy. 
It's like you're, yeah, you're both from the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, but we oh, never mind. We've had this it's conversation. It's a menagerie. It's not, but okay. Uh, anyway, but, back to this episode that I am so bored with already. <laughs> uh, you better not, because I have I have the most notes I've ever taken on an episode. I have, I have a lot four of notes. Pages, single space. Like, I have, have twenty five hundred words worth of here's notes. Here's the trick, though. Here's the trick. Good episodes, I don't take many notes, right? Bad, like tribbles. This is the, epi- the, the notes I have for tribbles. It's nothing. Um, the more notes means the more questions, and I'm like, I'm like. That doesn't mean it's five bad. And, no, and, and listeners, you can't see Abby right now, but she's literally hanging her head in despair. <laughs> really? You know, I'll say this is the next note I'm at, and I just gotta clear, start clearing out some of my notes. But um, I think one of the things after the aliens, and even before the aliens, um, this very much has a feel of the motion picture, and, and I love the motion picture, right? I'm a, I'm a defender. I don't. I don't like the motion picture. Oh, come on, V'ger? No. Um, it's okay. I think it has so much downtime because well, it was so meant to be just an episode here's of Here's the truck. trick, right? Like, this episode, I was like, wow, this totally reminds me of the motion picture because there are every other scene and every end and beginning of scene, there is, like, extended score breaks and, like, camera shots from a distance or walking. Like, yeah, they the episode has pacing issues. Like, I agree with you. They needed like more plot time, or they needed what they really needed was a B plot. Yeah, or that that was longer than like the Enterprise just being in space. Well, yeah, because Scotty's just like or a B and C plot. Yeah, Scotty's like, like we got seventeen hours to wait. We might as well just hang like, out. Like, <laughs> Scotty is so I bad love in command. Scotty. So bad in command. <laughs> He's just like let's t- well that's that's a great trope. I mean that it happens all the time. In but TV if movies, you had right? given they're fine. If you'd shoot, given shoot Scotty something to do. <laughs> It would have filled some of this time. I wish, yeah, the Enterprise was broken, maybe. Yeah. Or the Enterprise had someone chasing them. Maybe the Klingons could have come. You know, there's a lot just, of ways that we could have had a more interesting Or they're people, trying right? to do the solar survey or something, or like... Or they need the solar survey to stop... To, like, they need the information to do something else. Or... To stop it, a similar situation. I don't know. Or, as it is revealed later in the episode, they are concerned about the many habitable planets in this system <laughs> that they are going to let get destroyed. Which is a very uh, uh, that'd be a good uh, that'd be a good Uh, that would have been a good B plot. Yep, (laughs) but they're not because the prime directive apparently prevents. Well, but yeah, it's another one of these things that they get into it. Like at the very start, they could mention some of these things. Um, Maybe well, maybe that's what Kirk was trying to say when he got frozen. No, we're trying we're trying to break the prime directive. Please, (laughs) please leave. We're desperately trying to save these people. Well, but yeah, picking up. We don't know where he was going with that. Picking up those two scientists should have been the least of the trouble if they had like what three, four other. That's what it sounds like. Habitable planets. I think they said billions of of people. Like, and they're just gonna several planets. Like. The wrap of this episode is that they just let all those planets die, right? Yeah. Except like for maybe we can hers. save one. Except for maybe hers. That's literally what the Federation does. Yeah, not usually. The Federation in so many is problematic. Words. If you guys have never noticed, that, the Prime Directive is, but usually the Prime Directive is problematic. And and yeah, and it's usually these episodes where like the humanity of the people leads them to break it, which is the interesting episodes of TNG that like the Prime Directive is really kind of ridiculous in this sense that like no, we're not going to let billions of people die just because. Like, they're not spacefaring. Yeah. So, yeah, and like, who watches the Watchers would be a great example of like, just take them to a different planet or something. <laughs> you know, just beam them all up in in or the one with the uh, where they yeah I, yeah, yeah keep so. them in the buffer and then <laughs> exactly find a way. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um. Okay. 
Are we, can we talk about McCoy as being the doctor and how he's just the best character ever created in history of the Wait, world? is this before or after their six kilometer hike? Before. That, that happens before? Yeah, because the first thing they get in there and Kirk's like all like injured and Kirk's like, no, stop, like I'm the best doctor ever. And then McCoy, they're all like approaching Jim with like their guns out and McCoy's like, JK, I will immediately disarm myself. And Kirk and Spock are both like, you're an idiot. This is like a military situation. And Kirk, Bones is like, no, I'm a doctor. Like we're just going to uh, trust Jim, which is the right call, by the way. Um, well, then, but let's say he would have done the same thing for the aliens, which was not the right call. I, I don't think they had any record. Like, I don't think they could have hurt the aliens if they tried. Yes, I will give that. But he is very callous with Jem. I'm sorry. Like, he is incredibly callous. He is. Because he basically is like, I don't care if she's hurt as long as Kirk feels better. Yeah. Because that happens at least twice. A few times. He leaves her on the floor several... He doesn't even go check on her after he's she's healed Kirk. And, like, he's just like, Kirk, are you okay? Is every, She's fine. She'll probably have a thing... She has a thing that'll stop her before it kills her. It's totally okay, okay. fine. Well, I'm going to have to correct you because you're factually wrong. He does go <laughs> to... Not. He, like, he leans Kirk back and then he goes down in the ground and he scans her. And she's clearly fine... And then he must have determined of the two. That's how you. That's how you do triage. You check all the people, and then you make an assessment as to which of the ones need. Yeah, to but Kirk out. is healed at this point, and she is still healing. Kirk is clearly not healed, or he would be able to like function at a hundred percent. And he doesn't. He doesn't in that scene, and he doesn't later. And he gets knocked out. Consequently, as the result of that. Well, but let's say he's I like mean, exhausted, and I don't think she. I don't think she heals a hundred percent either. Well, but I also we haven't talked about what she does. But McCoy, I don't. I think it's fair to say, and I don't think it's a critique of McCoy in this episode. But I don't think McCoy performs any medicine in this episode. He he scams people, right? He does diagnostic work, but I don't think he performs any medicine other than hypoing people who don't oh, okay want it. that's a good point good point um yes um sedating someone against their like wishes. a hero no like a freaking star no, like, like someone who is going against a medical like, creed but okay yeah like someone who is going to <laughs> show up to court martial and get it court martial for attacking a senior officer um, yeah uh, going holy... against orders i literally <laughs> don't know like Spock. what's wrong with you people like do you have nothing inside of you that's like goodness yes no. We do, but, but attacking someone, knocking them out. Um, against their will, against orders, when they're in a quasi-military thing and they've signed up for it. Then, and I think it's yeah. also, yeah, I was wondering about that scene because it's like, I think that it, it, you can make the argument that it is McCoy wanting to do that, but you could also make the argument from a writing standpoint that Spock has to be the one to fix the um, garage door opener. So, like, McCoy has to go, so somehow you have to get Spock knocked out. Um, that from a writing standpoint, it's, it's a fait accompli, right? Like, Spock can't go um, because he has to fix the thing. So there's not much which choice they, there. Which is in the text of the episode, basically. McCoy's like, yeah, but Spock, you have to fix the yeah, thing. And he's exactly. like, yeah, but great. I'm also the senior officer, so I'm the one going. Yeah, and <laughs> so Spock's trying to do everything, right? Spock is also trying right. to do everything. As usual. Yeah, too much. Well, we skipped the whole six-mile hike. Thank God. Can we skip it? <laughs> and we also skipped the amazing special effects of her taking the scars. Uh, first from Kirk would be the oh, I did, I did read about it. Yeah, they, they said and how it took like eight, eight, hours. Hours eight hours to film like one of those. This is where she they're budgeting. Oh, Jesus. 
But also, um, I I don't know. I like that whole that, that whole um, that whole scene. What I didn't like was the slow motion effect of Kirk falling down for like ten minutes. Yeah, that was. I have a note on that 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 was not a good mm-hmm. read. Like, I think they just were trying to fill time. They needed it more. Yeah, because I think they were trying to illustrate alien powers. My wonder. Was... My thought oh, was. Oh, they might have been. Well, if they had done that like overlay rainbow effect, then I, because that's. Other times, they're like, yeah, if you're in that rainbow effect and you're fighting it, then you slow down, right? But without that, my first thought was like, wait, is this, are they huh. trying to just, like, do slow motion for, like, as an episodic choice, not powers? Or is he actually being slowed down, was my first thought. And I think he's actually being slowed down, but boy, it does not work. Oh, I thought it was the other one. What? That it's a, it's a choice of the episode that, like, dramatic intent? Yeah, and that it, he wasn't being yeah, slowed see, down, but it's just a stupid decision. Again, this episode <laughs> leaves so many things on the table that are just yeah you can interpret. Never explained. There's just neither. Oh, I, I literally thought they mess. just had a fail time. It's, such I, a mess. I, I, it's not a mess. It's crystal clear. I don't think either way it works. <laughs> right? I don't think that slow mo worked. But yeah. Uh, also, in the cylindrical glass prisons, uh, <laughs> and in the force field, they're all like uh, you know as an actor. I'm sure how hard it is to like, stay yeah, in like a position. Yeah, I felt awful. I felt awful for those actors. Like, I know, they and they're moving all over the place. Like they just they can't do I it. So, no, of course you can't. Of Either course in you the can. and it makes in the force so, field it's a little bit better because they're alive, but in the prisons they're dead. <laughs> so in the yeah the the two actors that they got first are dead in there, right? That's the whole point. Yeah, that's, that's the, the point. point. Yeah. First they're off, so why they're like ah? So first I don't off, know. why like, they could just would be like, they? Like, the whole idea here, the whole, like, 11th hour reveal is that they don't care about the humans at all. So, like, why are they saving human corpses? But yeah, also, why did they already build the tubes for these three? Right? If they're assuming, they're like, well, this is another failed experiment. Better get the tubes ready for them. Oh, I thought the whole point of both those things was to scare them. <sighs> but they, I don't know. they don't really care about fear right like they do if they think that she's gonna pick up the fear from them if she's intended to be an empath and they're like trying to test her to go against like her basically base instincts i thought that actually made a lot of sense i didn't know that was confusing no, it didn't make sense well, she's an they empath never talk about so they're well they yeah, do they talk just... about this that it's like a test for her it's a test for her to, to take the pain away to kill herself to save someone else. That's the test for her, right? That's the 11th hour reveal. And and they also... Make, I think it's pretty clear that she is supposed to feel emotions. So, yeah, this... The, again, they're, they're terrified when they look at those c- cylinders. I mean, they see it. dead red shirts all the time. Like, they see dead red shirts all the time. Yeah, but you know they're scared because it does close up of their faces and they go like this. <laughs> they... they <laughs> Yeah, they know that. Oh, I zoomed into the camera, dear listeners. They know that they're supposed eyes. to be scared. But um, yeah, I think that's an interesting. It's it's essentially. I mean, look, it's a trolley problem. Is all they're doing to her? Yeah, right? it is. And yeah. it's like the weakest of that. Like it's the tropiest of that. Um, but like, it's such a convoluted trolley problem. It really is. Um, and it's like why. First off, these aliens have no redeeming qualities. Um, yes, they do. In the end, they're swayed by emotion and they do the right thing. Nope. <laughs> they're meant to have like a return arc. But all they do is kidnap people, torture, then kill some, torture, then kill kill some others um, to try to like 
show that this other species that they consider uh, much lesser, right? This this species that they are that they think they are superior to uh, is deserving of being saved from a, yeah. a stellar nova. Um, by... It's like when Q shows up in TNG and is like. Humanity is on yeah. trial because like, I've decided it is. Yeah, I agree. They're like a sociopathic Q. It's like Q but, from yeah the very first episode. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, like I, I actually I do feel a little sorry for them because they've like I lost don't. the capacity to to be human. They've lost the capacity to. They're feel not they're human. They're doing. They're aliens. To experience like the emotions that Kirk characterizes as like being human is what I'm trying to say. Obviously, I know that they're but not it's human also, guys. Again, they have been doing this for months, right? And it, and you assume that they have done this for the other however many planets that are yeah. in danger. Yeah, they're like this so is the last one. This, on. this is the last experiment. Everybody else so we'll failed. See. Um, Everyone else failed. And, so instead we're not going to save them. Instead of spending time here torturing people, they could have been saving millions of lives. And then, like, look, hey, even if you want to do the dark read on this, they could save them, take them to another solar system, and then torture them there. Like, they're not even effective in the way they're written. Yeah. Instead of doing tests on and, and torturing alien species they could have at least getting like be getting a sample from each species yeah, instead they of could trying to save all of it, it right they could menagerie it's it like, and it, like it makes the telosians look a guys, lot better no one is for like their torture people but i do feel bad for them and They're, the they fire. are not written to be sympathetic in they're the not slightest. sympathetic i think they are i really do and i think that in the end them being swayed and letting them go they don't, speaks to the fact that they have some capacity. They don't for let empathy. them go. They just walk. They poochie, right? They poochie away. Um, they let them go. They could have killed the, them. The, the classic Simpsons poochie ending of, I'm sorry, my planet needs me. I have to go now. And then they literally lift that cell of animation off the page, is exactly how they took them out of here. Like, it is a poochie ending. Of a cred people I ending. I don't know what that means. Um, well, I'll send you the link. Listeners, just if you've not watched the Pucci ending of Simpsons, just Google that. But um, it's it's when you have a character that you don't want anymore and you have no way to get out of a situation, you just like come up with something and then you literally float them away, which is what they do here. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. That makes sense for the episode. Like that's the whole point. They're gonna like like figure this out and then probably transport her species. Maybe. In theory. <laughs> what about the rest no of the planets? No one knows for sure. Yeah, I they're mean... clearly they. I think I thought they had said that they didn't have the resources to be able to transport all of them. So they, they were do. This to is find... why they're running their experiments. That's where they're like, we don't have the power to save every planet, so we're going to save one planet arbitrarily. And if they, we think they're good enough. Yeah, if they maybe. pass our test. If wah. they pass our weird test, that we basically just torture other species for no reason. Like, yeah, it's... obviously there's, like, a better way for them to conduct their tests. Also, frankly, again, but... just from a completely cynical standpoint, if she's not the only person on the planet, why do they need humans? Because yeah. they seemingly have millions of other test subjects they could be using. Yeah. Um, Is it just because it's convenience? Why are they using that unless planet? They see, why are they... Unless they see humans as even lesser than her species. Yeah. No, because he no, because then they say you're her teacher, so they mm-hmm. obviously think humans are better than her because they're using them as instructors. Well, but also like that's a really weird so read on this weird. too. Of oh yeah, it's super weird. If they, it doesn't make if sense. If the humans teach her something, but she dies in the process, and then they go save her species, her species yeah. has not learned that lesson. Nope. So nope. 
I thought it was that this, I agree that that is confusing, but I thought it was her species would have the capacity to like be able to, to learn that lesson. And she's just an example of that. I don't think, and again, it's not that, I don't know, the capacity and the like learning that you can do it is just a muddy, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like the thought process of like writers 50 years ago. Yeah, it's weird. It doesn't like align with what we think or what we know today because we're thinking about this in terms of our own like uh, uh, culture right now, right now, right? And we're not thinking about it in terms of its own milieu like 50 years ago. I, it jives with a lot of like old timey ideas well, that we don't accept anymore. But I think it also, from a sci-fi standpoint, is one of the places that I have trouble because it's very indicative of that like of that clear end of, of golden age sci-fi of this place where like you can that people are writing sci-fi like this not because they understand science or science fiction or the series but because it's a place where they can they can make money or, or that they're they're fans of it and they just want to sort of write a piece in this space um it's it's worth tossing out there that this is is literally fanfic. Yeah, it is. Um, that this is the only. I disagree. This is just no, no. another version of no, the. It's no, it's literally no. written. That's it's why I use the word literally. A this is a, a <laughs> fan. They there were four fans who sold scripts. Like this and is this not is a writer. This is a fan writing yeah. fanfic. Yeah, but it was rewritten extensively. So, like, I mean, yes, the original, like, idea was just, like, a person who had seen the menagerie and then, like, wanted to recreate it. But, like, it was rewritten by writers. <laughs> a lot of the writers had left. Um, and a lot of people were leaving in this time, right? Part of it is also that it's such late third season, I think, again, to the budget, but also to just the staff saw the writing on the wall. Um, I was bored the whole time. I was bored the entire time. I kept checking my phone and I was taking notes and I kept being like, maybe Instagram's fun right now. I don't know. Because I was so bored and nothing made sense and it didn't keep my attention. I completely disagree. <laughs> I, I like, feel sympathetic to you, Chelsea, because I think that... This... I get why this is your favorite episode because as a person, this is basically your catnip. I understand why you like it. I no, do that's not, not like it. Like, it's, like, the themes in this episode are really lovely, and it bothers me that you two don't agree with that. Can we go before that? We haven't talked about this ending scene at all. Oh, sure. I thought that's what we were doing, but maybe... Sorry, no. Okay. Because this is where I cry every time, because it's so devastating. Bones almost dies. He... Is that where you are? Small costume note. Why does McCoy get a shirt and Kirk doesn't? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> We know, I don't know why. why, but I bet there's we actually know why. a reason. We know why. It's, we know why. They both had the option of shirts, and Kirk said no. And Kirk said no. <laughs> <laughs> Can we say the actors instead of? Yes, Shatner said. <laughs> yeah, Shatner <laughs> said go. no shirts. <laughs> Which I know was like, translates yes, to Kirk, yeah. but yes, they're different um, people. Are they? Um, Yes, they really are. I also really, I thought that uh, their bruising and cut makeup was some of their better makeup in terms of injuries. Oh, I'll grant that. Some of the time they have some really bad injury makeup. And so I don't know who they had doing costumes and makeup in this uh, episode, but I thought it was both really good. Um, I also uh, thought it was a weird choice that I at first hated, but then grew to like more with the blurry camera lens when Bones almost dies. I don't know if that's trying to show his mental state or his physical state or both. 
I think it's trying to. I think it's trying to be like this is a serious moment、yeah. of sadness and despair. So we're going to give it a fuzzy lens so that、yeah. you know you're supposed to feel feelings. McCoy always gets the soft filter, but that doesn't、That's、fit、true. here, and so you got to do something. This fits. Yeah, I think it's trying to show that he's like on the edge of death.、Basically. Yeah, or consciousness. Yeah, I, I buy that. That's a fair read. All right, and is this where you are? I mean,、Paul? I mean, I'm wherever you're at, Chelsea. That's where I'm at. I don't. You you said you wanted to talk about anti-science in this. Oh,、scene. okay. I thought you were saying that you wanted to talk about the last scene before that. So、um, that well is the, that's what I'm saying. Is this where you are? Yeah. So it's all that last scene, right? Because the whole arc is that like they're trying to like do research and like do science, and they're trying to like figure out these things, and they're using test subjects. It is very much that read of like 60s science. Right and and sixty science was very troubling. Right, there were. I not, think it's yeah, but I think、um, it's also meant to to yeah. Okay, but it is meant to be troubling. It is meant to be troubling, but like they're meant to be these clear like they are villains, and again they do not have redeeming qualities.、Um, they're they're doing research and they're saying and even Kirk's speech there is like oh it, all you can do is intellect and it's like it's this very much Kirk is saying this is what intellect gets you. Um, this is intellect. This is science. We'll get you to like people torturing people just to try to like save a planet, and like this evil thing is what science will get you. That's what Kirk's like speech is about,、um, and that's a very dark anti-Star Trek read on this. That is like top line again. That is like at the surface. I can see how you would read it that way.、Um, okay, I thought you were going somewhere else with it. That that read actually makes a little bit of sense to me.、Um, but I have two two points. The first is that I I think he's talking more about the intellect than the science. Like that, it's I think it's meant to be a classic Kirk. When you lose your emotions and your touch with your humanity, then that's where this gets you. Not necessarily like if you experiment too much, like you'll get to this place. But at the same time, right? If he's saying like, "Hey, you guys are doing research and you're using your intellect and that's bad. You should use your emotion while doing research." Like, no, that's bad. <laughs> that's much well, worse. Well, I like I. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, but you're. It's, it's, science is really disturbing. Science does do really disturbing it can, things, right? It can. The history, and especially of medical research, but they're not doing medical research. There's a lot of of these logical fallacies here, and they're building a straw man fallacy here in this episode to be anti-science against a straw man to say this is. I really what don't think so.、Is. I really think it's supposed to be anti-emotionalism. That's the recurring theme. Anti-emotionalism the or. That that anti-emotionalism is what will get you to this place, which is why the last like five minutes of this episode is just like the good old old-fashioned like emotion save the day, Spock, and Spock's like, I'll give that all the due consideration. Yeah,、it's、I、worth. thought that bridge scene was pretty like, bad they, too. Like they they well, I mean, it's one of those classic like funny endings after a serious episode to like make you like kind of forget like how horrifying it was. But like that's I think a pretty good、uh, summary of what they were at least intending to do. I I don't. Don't have the emotional reaction you have to this, Chelsea. I don't like. It just doesn't. It doesn't hold up for me. I think there are parts. There are some parts. Like I feel bad. Like when, like, like Bones is like Bones when he's like willing to sacrifice himself for another. Like that's very in character and it's sad. But like the whole, the whole point of the episode where it's just like, well, emotionalism will save you every time. That's just not true, and it's it really does not. <laughs> There is a good, tricky moral issue here, and the fact that McCoy just like makes it without any apparent like he just it takes this is like five seconds of the episode, 
and it is a trolley problem, right? It is this debate between these two sides of saying, um, of Spock and McCoy. And if all this extra dead air that we have in this episode that they let fill with like, like let them have a trolley problem discussion, like let them have these conversations and like have it be a center point, make it more of the center point of the the episode that like McCoy feels this way and Spock feels this way. And yeah, I'd rather have them discuss like why, why McCoy should be the one to sacrifice versus why Spock should be the one to sacrifice versus why Kirk would be the yeah. one to sacrifice. Like, but I think if McCoy, if McCoy made a, a call to like, to medicine and said and had an emotional scene you could write a really good scene for mccoy here mm-hmm. that is accomplishing all the same things yeah. that like without him hypoing people against their will he might yeah still, i well, disagree i think that he like it's important for him to have this internal struggle this is an internal conflict he realizes he's not going to get through to either of them so he takes matters into his own hands and he follows what he knows that he can live with and what will not cause him to be devastated yeah, later. I think so that he so can function as a person. So he's making a selfish choice. That's what you're. I would say by being completely selfless, he's doing the only thing that he can do as a character. I, I think by without, being willing to to sacrifice himself. Without having more dialogue here, I think the problem is that you can re- read his actions as selfless, as you are, Chelsea, or as selfish as Abby, you are, and I think they're both again. It's the same way you could read so much. You could read her age as a huge range because they give you so little. Um, yeah. The fact. I that- disagree. I don't think it can possibly be read as selfish, and I really don't like that read. I don't think it's it's intended to be that read that way at all. No, I don't know that it's intended to be that way, but it kind of reads that way. He's like, I can't live with you guys being hurt, so I'm gonna do it because I can't deal with it. So. You're, you guys are going to have to deal with the aftermath of Then, like, hurt. you think that becoming a doctor at all is selfish. Like, that's, like, the whole that's point not, of doctoring to begin not, with. That's, that's not what I said. Oh, I don't... Yeah, we're not going to agree about this episode because this this episode just doesn't... This doesn't... Because this episode, I feel like, is underwritten, it doesn't do what I think it's needing to do. And I... And I... It's why I find it kind of boring is because there's no... It, it doesn't follow through on what it's trying to do for me. And it doesn't really, the torture porn just doesn't. Yeah, they don't do enough of the, they don't linger on the good parts long enough. All right. Well, unless that we want to talk more about this end scene. I mean. How much it doesn't make sense. I am personally hurt by your reaction to this episode. I'm I sorry, Chelsea. You can't like have that. this. Can't be a surprise to you. I'm sorry. You know us both, and you know that this is not going to be the kind of episode that speaks to either of us. Like it is but a very Chelsea episode. Why though? Like it's. I'm just. I'm. I'm left wondering. Again, it, it's not. It doesn't feel super. It, it feels track in that those three characters are here, but this doesn't need to be a space show. Other than that, the aliens have weird makeup on, um, and I think that was another and shiny costumes. Yeah, isn't isn't that another like the was it the director that was brought on? The director that was brought on, or or someone that was brought on, had done this basically the same story on yeah in outer limits. Yeah. I think um, yeah. it's like yeah, it feels outer. It's limits a here. very tropey sixties tropey sci fi. Yeah. yeah, it just I don't sort of feel it like is the menagerie overall. Re-read. I don't feel like overall. I have more questions than answers at the end. And so it doesn't close off well for me. Like if it had, it just, cause I'm so confused by what the point was of all of the torture and all of the, like basically abuse that the, all of the characters have. 
the trick of what you're supposed to walk away with is again it's hard to not have that read be anti-science and if the read is self-sacrifice that's fine but i think there, we have ep- other episodes of this series where it's done much better and much cleaner yeah. I disagree with both of you. I think you're very wrong. I think you need to watch this episode again I with never a heart that's more open again. and a mind that's more open to the beauty of it. I had forgotten most of this episode, Chelsea. Yeah, so I when I her. went in, I because I don't. This is not an episode I go back to, so I'd forgotten completely what the episode was, other than I knew she was like could feel things and heal people. That was the only memory I had of this episode. So I went in pretty open because I was like, I don't know what this episode is. I'm going to watch it and see how it goes. Uh, I think you should rewatch it, being more open Mm. to my point of view. Abby, I think that we should make a pact (laughs) with each other that if either of us ever rewatches this, we have to tell the other. That's fair. I like it. I think, oh, you know what? Actually, Chelsea, you want me to rewatch this with the more point of view of your point of view? Then you have to watch Way to Eden Ooh, yeah. again with our point yeah, of view. Yeah, fair. That's, the that's just a bad episode. No, Way to Eden is one of the, <laughs> yeah. it's one of the best episodes of this. Thing. Oh, my God. I can think of any episode that's more stupid on God's green this earth one. than Way to Eden. What was the one no. that we just watched that we also said that? Let, let that be your last battlefield. It's the same. Like, it's a very good episode, too. That you also did not like, but we're just yeah. Oh, I didn't like that, but I see the value in that okay. episode. But way to eat is the same, I think. But and the, by the way, it's a recurring theme of the series that you should defy orders, at least in TOS land. And it kind of it comes back in a lot of the other series. Kirk does it all the time. And yeah, this is fair. and this is why at heart I am a TNG girl. <laughs> the card all the way. I can't so, stand Picard. Can we... <laughs> Picard forever. <laughs> All right, so let's go through the messages of this episode. All right, there's the value of the medical arts, like Jem's magical healing abilities, which is literally the only power she has. Uh, Bones being like brought to the forefront as a doctor here. All right, and the value of duty and self-sacrifice, which recurs in a lot of these episodes. Jem and Bones, of course, are both sacrificing themselves. Uh, plus the deaths of the two men who are willing to die for, I don't know, their research. <laughs> who did die <laughs> are we ready to are we ready to talk about antagonists yeah let's do it because i'm villain. worried right i'm worried a lot because one because they're using telosian costumes even though they're very much not like the telosians but mm-hmm. i think the comparisons are very surface level to be made there and also because like everything else in this episode they give us so little and this mm. is so open interpretation i think they yeah. could go more or less anywhere on the list it... I would put them, I think, below the companion. Uh, that is, I think that's where that I is shockingly close to where I am on that list. That's um, what I would do. Because I do not think they have the powers of the Talusians. They need their little garage door openers yeah. and whatever. I jumped to um, Sylvia because of the garage door opener. And Sylvia, yeah. I think, is more powerful. And then it's like, well, Beale and Loki so are too. also more powerful. And then I was get, I was getting down there, yeah. The companion. Yeah. Remind me the companion. The companion's the one. The companion is sparkly lights. With um, the guy on the planet, right? With the guy on the planet. That might yep. have used mm-hmm. this hut, right? <laughs> yeah, honestly, yes, that might be true. Um, yeah. But I think the companion could do more, so I, I'm going to go with. Um, I'm going to go under the companion. Well, because again, all they really have is they like it, they don't imply that they're telepathic, even though they have the like no. t- Talosian's heads. And no, they have to have the garage door openers and like. They can train. It really just looks like their science is pretty. Yeah, it it looks like their science is pretty advanced, and that's about it, though. They can teleport, but you know they can teleport. 
they have that weird thing at the end where they just float away. I mean, Chelsea, how do you feel on that list? Because I'm fine right around Companion. I, I like Abby. This Sunday. isn't how I would have ordered them anyway. I, I mean, it's somewhere in this section. That's so. that's where I'm at too, right? Once we have this many, so many of them are like right next to each other that. Yeah, that doesn't matter. I think the flipping I think one up companion. and down is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you take the middle fifty percent and put them in a room, and like, who knows? To be honest. Oh sure, and I, I, again, we're not saying that these are clear. I think we're splitting hairs on a lot of these, um, in in some very real ways. That like, yeah, that the difference in rank between like any two right next to each other, I yeah, I'm not confident yeah. of that. I think yeah. if people are ten apart, then that's probably pretty safe. But I don't know. Yeah, so if you guys want to put it there below the companion, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I like your argument, Abby. Woo! Woo! Bingo time? Time for bingo? Yeah, I don't think we got it, but I think there are more cliches than you might actually first think about. There's a lot. There's a shirtless Kirk. There's a Kirk speech. I think there's a captain's log to start it. Spock is pinching people all over the place. McCoy says, I am a doctor, not a coal miner. Um, They set phasers to stun. They set phasers to stun. Um, Does Scotty talk about the engines? No, the engines no. are fine, right? Um, yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah, we didn't get it. Okay. Uh, I think we could have if we'd had another sheet because, yeah, there's quite a bit, frankly. There is Captain's Log, Phasers on Stun, Away Team is Trapped on the Planet, oh, yeah. there's Space Powers, Spock says Fascinating Twice, Vulcan Neckpin, Shirtless Kirk, I'm a Doctor, Not a Whatever, Kirk Speech, there's a recurring actor. Um, so there is a whole lot. It's just the sheet. At least 10. Yeah, but the sheet just didn't work it out. But, um, but yeah, no, there's a whole bunch in this episode. There's a whole bunch. So, I mean, but we didn't get it. Well, can't wait to have whatever that next episode on the I, Yeah. No, I we have to guess, wait. Paul. Remember, it's a new thing. I know, I know, thing. I know. Um, yeah. Do you want to take the first or do you want me to go first? No, you go. I will say Space Seed. I'll say Galileo 7. Ooh, I love Galileo 7. I know. <laughs> It's going to be Spock's brain, though, since we didn't guess it. <laughs> I would watch it. It is none of those. Oh, it is. Do we want to take a second are... swing at this one? Uh, yes, let's do it. You don't get a prize. This, you don't get a prize. Charlie this X. This Arena. Also, neither of those. The Changeling. All right, let's, let's do a third round. The Changeling. Okay. <laughs> that one where they're in ancient Rome and then it's Bread and Nazis. circuses. That one. No, none of those. However, we are going to go wow. like kind of time travel-y, except for not really because space. We're going to go. <laughs> it is, we're, go, we're staying in season three, uh, episode six, Spectre of the Gun. Oh. oh As punishment <laughs> for ignoring their warning and trespassing on their planet, the Melcott condemned Captain Kirk and his landing party to the losing side of a surreal recreation of the 1881 historic gunfight at the OK Corral. Yeah, it's a holodeck <laughs> episode. Uh, more or less, but yeah, this is a terrible episode. <laughs> okay, but at least it has a lot of Chekhov, who we haven't seen in a long time. That's true. We haven't been hanging out with Chekhov lately, but it'll at least be a thing. Um, yeah, there's still oh this episode. Uh, yeah, so listeners, uh, thanks for joining us for this. Uh, <laughs> uh, we we haven't broken up yet because of this, so at least there's. That. Well, maybe we have, and you just don't know oh, it yet. Maybe, maybe next episode, Chelsea won't be here anymore because she doesn't like us anymore. I like you four. No more, no less. Uh, but you can follow us on your social media of choice. We're mostly on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can email us, info at 3 com. 
And next time we're going to be watching uh, Spectre of the Gun. So get on your cowboy boots and we'll see you next time. Keep on trekking, I guess. Hmm.